go the fuck to sleep. What up, Monica? Oh, uh, yes, Monica. Mm -hmm. I always wondered why black people always call each other Monica. It is strange. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> One never knows. <clears throat> Anyways, well, so the, the, there are some there are some things that may or may not be more or less important than other things uh, about which we may we may speak. Uh, but I do. I uh, have to uh, offer up a question before I get to any of those points. And that, of course, is the classic. What are you drinking? <clears throat> so I've, I woke up earlier than normal today because mm. the dogs wanted to be let out and they made their cries be known as such. I've already had my coffee, so I'm like, you know what? I am actually going to break my tradition of breaking tradition, <clears throat> and I'm having a bit of Jefferson's. All right. Jefferson's. And uh, it's quite good. It's... Uh, so, you know, just under 42 firepower. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, very good. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is when I first tried it, um, I didn't much care for it. Mm -hmm. um, it was <clears> fine, but it wasn't great. And, and mm -hmm. then when that was the only thing that I had, like, well, I'm going to finish it. You know, I'm not going to, you know, waste 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, the more I realized this is actually becoming a, a top five for me. It's actually quite good. And because of the bottle that it comes in, ready? Hold on close to the mic. Very nice, very nice. The solid uh, cork. Yeah, the the, uh, the 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 stuff that I I have uh, has a has a nice. Actually, hold on, hold on. Now I have to now I have to go grab the bottle real fast. Uh, my headphones are long enough to go all the way to the kitchen. Before you open your bottle, I'm, I'll just really quickly give a a profile here. Most of now that the... sounds like something a stupid person would have said, like, oh, of course your headphones aren't long enough to go all the way to the kitchen. I only lacked about two feet to grab the to grab that bottle. <laughs> this is true. Are you going to open the cork, or was I going to finish the the flavor profile? Finish the flavor profile. I just had to okay. go get my cork. Oh, I just I didn't know if you heard me. Um, oh. That sounded like a passive aggressive question. I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm actually going to take another sip before I say this to remind myself. Mm -hmm. So, the telltale kind of sweetness of anything that's um, um, single cask is kind of a thing. Um, you, what I didn't like about it initially is still my only complaint about it. It's that I don't like that when you take a drink of single batch, and especially something that's like seven years or less, um, which this is sad, and it, you can taste the corn. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it tastes like corn. Um, mm -hmm. It tastes like, oh, like, like corn and rye. There it is. Mm -hmm. And that's always been the thing that I really hate about whiskey is when those flavor profiles are really strong. Um, this one is a little more the rye. Um, and so when the sweetness comes through, you you know, like you're, you want to think of sweet corn, and that's just what is immediate turnoff for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's subtle. In this one, um, the rye taste is really growing only because like the sweetness goes away very quickly with this particular this particular drop. Um, 
so since the sweetness goes away pretty quickly and you're left with like just the rye without the sweetness attached to it, the aftertaste is like just really, really pleasing. It is the ultimate stogie and a stogie and a bourbon combination for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not my favorite whiskey, but it's, excuse me, it's not my favorite, but I will say it's probably my favorite to have with a cigar. Um, it's just, it's a really great pair because with the cigar, when the sweetness comes through, but still dies really quickly, the, the something about tobacco and rye, Mm-hmm. It's just a good time. It makes me quite happy. Well, I have to say my favorite whiskey to have with with a cigar is absolutely Laphroaig. Um, because uh, the the yes. only thing that's unpleasant about Laphroaig, and it's it's absolutely worth it, but the only thing you could call unpleasant is that hit of kerosene, and <laughs> the when when you're smoking a cigar while drinking it, that that specific flavor disappears and you get all the smokiness without that. And it's, it's just so good. Yeah. I'll, a double point before you talk about your thing <clears throat> about the um, mm-hmm. for me, the difference between having a with a cigar and Jefferson's with a cigar mm-hmm. is that Lafroig tends to get slightly less pleasant. The further down the cigar you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jefferson's tends to get better the further down the cigar you go, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, I, I a little bit, and also I have to make the point that I always make. Uh, Lafroig is, of course, like drinking a campfire through a cowboy sock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and and so it's it, this isn't going to make any sense, but anyone who's had Lafroig will know it. It is like drinking a campfire through a cowboy sock, but in a good way, in a really positive, non-gay way. <clears throat> Uh, it just depends on which sock you drink it through, I suppose. Whether if it's if it's if it's the left sock, then it's gay. Mm-hmm. If it's the sock under his bed, it's even more gay. Chris Rice, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, here you go. Oh, that was really solid. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I only put my very high, pretty high pitched, but we'll take it. I put my boom back where it's supposed to go. I draw. I pulled my boom down so it's sitting right next to the bottle but this is it's acceptable this is redemption high rye and not only is it a high rye but it is a single barrel select now that um uh, that changed this from like uh like a 15 16 dollar whiskey to almost 40 dollars Right, and there are a lot of things that are like that you're like you get a whiskey and it's not that great and then you grab their single barrel and it's all of a sudden it's so good. This has become my favorite under forty. Um, uh, <clears throat> no, my favorite bourbon under forty. I think I I think it's either right at or just under forty dollars to get um, Aberfeldy at my store. Uh, and uh, it's, I mean, there's not a lot that's better than Aberfeldy twelve. Aberfeldy's pretty top. I, I was gonna say, <clears throat> mention. I keep forgetting to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, Recording for next week is going to be difficult because of what I'm doing. Um, my wife is taking me on a weekend getaway. It's for my birthday, but as Sean knows, it's well before my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, one true. of the things she has set up for me is a tour of my very favorite distillery, which is New Riff. New Riff is, is my number one that I always try to keep a bottle of around the house. Um, I mean, like, I can go to Kroger and pick it up for 30 bucks, so it's not crazy expensive by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was told that they keep their single barrel selects there, so I am coming prepared to spend a hundred dollars on a bottle of the um, cask strength of my very favorite whiskey. So I am very excited to report on that because that's going to be great. Um, and since Sean's coming in the not too distant future, I have every plan to make sure I keep a, a fair drop of it back. Mm-hmm. So that will be an interesting time. 
Yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm always, I'm always happy when you get a, uh, a very, very fancy <laughs> bourbon not long before I come over. <laughs> it, I, I plan it out every time because I'm just like, all right, I can justify because I always like. Mm-hmm. At least a couple times a year, I'll get something mm-hmm. that's ridiculously priced, just because it, it's all—it's never disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I always do it from a distillery that I already know that I like a lot, mm-hmm. and I'll get like the last time you were here, I got a—was it the Maker's Mark that I had last time you were here? Uh, you had two uh, special ones that were oh, about hundred dollars. Yeah, bottle. I had I had Maker's Mark, mm-hmm. and I had. Um, um, Woodfords. Yeah, I had, it was uh, a special Woodfords. And it, I had a special batch of each, and my goodness, they were fine. It makes me sad that I can't buy Woodfords anymore. That stuff is so good. It's very good. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was those were two. Mm-hmm. Every time, and those were both gifts from my Well, no, the Maker's Mark was a gift from my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they're both over $100 a bottle, which is not hard to hit when you're having just really good, really good um, selects. <laughs> are, are, they're not hard to come by. Um, giggity mm-hmm. um, for multiple reasons um, uh, if you have like a, a really a really really good um, mm-hmm. establishment close to my house like I do um, mm-hmm. like you have an old school guy who has connections with all of the companies so like he'll get the the batch just for the store and I can always swing by and grab it um, but they're not cheap but it's it's if you're just doing it a couple times a year and, and you mm-hmm. have you know you, you can justify saying alright well I can I'm only doing it twice a year I can I can drop this on it. It's worth doing, um, especially when you have like an excuse like, oh, my brother's coming over. Mm-hmm. So you're my favorite excuse. Uh, yes. Now, something about the way the way you said justifying the purchase, I'm not sure exactly what it was that, that made me think of it, but I was reminded of, of Matt Walsh, who... I'm also he, reminded of Matt Walsh. Yes. Who, who, when he had bought a fairly expensive bourbon was sitting there having a drop and uh, he saw his wife sitting there and he being a good husband offered her some and she accepted this offer of expensive bourbon and so he poured her a small small bit of it and handed it to her and she was so gracious in her receipt of the bourbon and then she was she she knew she was going to enjoy it and then before he could say or do anything she took the pour and re-poured it into her glass of tea and said uh, good now i can make a hot toddy uh, <laughs> that's just depressing i hate to be i hate to sound like a neckbeardy elitist when i say stuff like that but like uh-huh. I can't imagine getting, I mean, you get a really nice bottle mm-hmm. and you can't imagine doing anything but just putting a drop in a glass, room temperature, don't mess it with anything else. Mm-hmm. At the very most, you might drop a, put a drop of distilled in there just to, to give it, to, to see what happens. But mm-hmm. the idea of making any kind of a mixed drink with something that nice, just, it really does hurt me. And it shouldn't because I try not to be an elitist, but man, that is depressing. <clears throat> Yeah, I will say we've gotten some fairly expensive bottles uh, back when we were doing the, the, the old show, and we had the we had the <laughs> rules that we had to follow. The first day you drink it neat, and then every week after that, that you do something different with it. And that I, was different. I will say a mixed drink with a really, really good whiskey is a much better mixed drink. <laughs> it depends on the mixed drink, because, I mean, you're talking about 
I mean, we would make, I say we, because you were the one who dove headlong into mm-hmm. you know, really making it a craft well, I mean, well before I did and mm-hmm. to more of an extreme than I do most of the time. Um, but I mean, when you were making sours, you made real sours. It wasn't like you go up to a bar and you're like, give me a whiskey sour. And they like mm-hmm. put some stuff in a glass and here's a whiskey sour. I mean, you were putting mm-hmm. egg whites into these things. I mean, like it's a little bit different when you're making a, when you're really crafting mm-hmm. something. I'm thinking like if anyone who says I'm having a hot toddy, I'm like, yeah, you can, you can have off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention um, in this particular bottle, uh, this is a high rye bourbon. And by high rye, um, so as everyone knows in a bourbon, the the grain bill, er, grain bill, yeah, I guess it could be a grain bill, mash bill, but the grain profile in the mash bill, there we go, has to be mostly corn. And mostly just means over half, so it needs to be 51% corn. Uh, most of the bourbons that I've tasted, they did not, uh, give away their mash bill. Um, uh, and so I don't know, but if I had to take a guess, I would say it would be something to the extent of, like, you know, uh, the bare minimum of corn, uh, or maybe a bit more, uh, no more than 70%, and then almost all the rest of it would be barley, uh, and then a little bit of rye, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had a bourbon with wheat in it. I have had wheat beers; those are actually pretty nice. But um, uh, I love wheat beers. Yes, uh, it's just it's 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 the best bread you've ever drank. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite empty calorie bread that exists. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, oh, I've never had an empty calorie beer. Oh, empty calorie. <laughs> never mind. I thought calorie free is what my mind was saying. Oh yeah, empty no, no, calorie. Yeah, empty the calories. calories yeah. are empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, this is an interjection here, and this mm-hmm. is going to make you think less of one of my best friends, but I, this mm-hmm. is just the man that he is, and I mm-hmm. can appreciate him. He's just a a good old boy, you know, rugged country corn-fed man, as they say, mm-hmm. and he, I, I, we hang out very frequently, Drew, mm. we hang out all the time, he's a military man, <clears throat> you know, he's, you know, the God-fearing family guy, he's who, I value everything who he, about who he is as a person, and I, I think a lot of him. Mm-hmm. But when we go over there and we're like grilling out outside, mm-hmm. his go-to drink to go outside and have and and grill. You, you, we, I do the same thing. I grab a beer when I go out to grill out and when it's hot outside. It's refreshing. It's cold. He's a he's a natty light guy. Okay. Um, okay. Which is like, and I understand the concept. It's like the farmer's beer. It's cheap. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But man. Yeah. So. Um, I, God love them. I, I have a hard time thinking less of anyone, uh, drinking, uh, anything, but, um, uh, you ever it, hold before you say it, before you say it, before you say it, mm-hmm. when we went out the other day for a company function, mm-hmm. they said, Hey, everyone gets one drink. And Drew looks at me. He goes, we know the only acceptable answer is yingling, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So just before you say what you were going to say, which could have been yingling, like dude, we'll leave some respect on his name. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. I. I was. I, I was saying it backwards. The only. The. The only drink that would make me think less of a person. Uh, and oh, that, and Bud Light. Yeah. Well, not specifically Bud Light. At this point, anything uh, from Anheuser Busch or her sister company. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, forget, yeah. I can't think of the name of it, but the I. Miller Light Company. Yeah. 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 And I checked. Um. I, I very much checked, and of course, Yingling is independently owned. 
Um, uh, and so that that's not part of that. And uh, I don't know the company that owns this brand or if it's also independently owned, I don't know. But I also found that my other favorite mass-produced beer is also not on the list. So I'm, I'm safe. So the, basically the, the only mass-produced beer that I've ever bought... Uh, well, actually, yeah, there's only three mass-produced beers that I've ever bought... And those are all um, uh, those are all safe, and that is Guinness, Yingling, and Sam Adams. Yeah, and it's worth taking a note here. And this is this is diverging only slightly from mm-hmm. our point. It's inside of our point, um, but then it's going to thread really nicely into what we actually should be talking about right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where I never thought of myself because even I think this I first really had this thought during the whole Nike thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. and everyone like boycotting Nike, and mm-hmm. I had the physical thought to myself of being like, I can't, I'm so over this concept. I can't stand the concept of boycotting as mm-hmm. as like a as like a a response to this kind of a thing or the way that we're doing it. Like I just don't understand. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a big free market component guy, so like, yeah, do it. That's how you respond to a company doing exerting values that you mm-hmm. that you don't that you don't like. And mm-hmm. I was like, all oh, this stuff of burning everything is stupid. It's not going to go away. It's Nike. It's one of the biggest brands of all time. It's just kind of dumb. And then I kind of had that response for a few more small things. And I think it really hit home for me um, when around the you know the Roe v. Wade reversal and mm-hmm. the company's response to that. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing something that if you don't pick a hill to die on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to die in a valley somewhere, yeah. uh, as it were. And I think that, like, I'm really starting to be like, all right, well, then I'm dying on all the hills. I'm picking every single hill and I'm dying on all of them. Mm-hmm. And I've never really doubled down because I, it's because it never really feels like it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're thinking about yourself in the grand scheme of the of the world, you're saying, oh, it doesn't really matter. And you're starting to think, well, when when you say that and then everyone else says that and then it just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm like, screw it. I'm dying on every hill. Not, I haven't even pretended to think about any of those brands the entire time, and I hope that everyone does the same thing. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just over it. I think I've, I think I've, I've, I never thought of myself as a Republican until the past two years, and I'm like, yep, full Republican. It mm-hmm. must be what it is. Yeah. Oh, so um, uh, in, in in relation to the kind of uh, pseudo conversion that we were talking about the other day, uh, that followed the exact same lines and at the exact same ages as my political conversions um uh here here's here's something that i that i said about myself here just uh just a few months ago uh and that is this <clears throat> when i was younger a very when i was a child my parents were republicans and they were right so i was a republican right when i was a teenager i realized that nah man nah man it's true that democrats are just too far to the left but Republicans are just too far to the right. Yeah. And I, so I have to be something else. You know, I have to be something else because of one's too far left, the other's too far right. And then yep. I got into my 20s and I realized, no, no, uh, that was stupid. I, I am a Republican. <clears throat> that's, that's right. And now that I'm in my 30s, <clears throat> I said, no, I, I'm not. I'm something else. You know, the Democrats are just too far to the left. And the Republicans are just too far to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I, I. We're never going to get to our point. Um, I. You know. For me, my biggest issue was 
I'm a big component, as a lot of people in the world are, and as you surely are too. Proponent. The concept of, well, you know. Um, history will repeat itself if we do not learn from history. Learn from mm -hmm. history, study history, pay attention. That's, mm -hmm. that's the mantra. Follow it at all times. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. So for me, the concept, because by the time I was in my mid-20s, you could already see the rift between our two major parties starting to, to widen and widen. Mm -hmm. And we have a few really great examples of that in history of what the end result of such a thing would be. Mm -hmm. um, and I know everyone's always like, it's literally Hitler. But I mean, Nazi Germany is a really good example of what happens when you go far left, far right. You eventually, you go step by step by step until you're so ingrained into, not necessarily, <laughs> I'm, mm -hmm. I love what my party's doing. It's you're, you're, you're rallied behind the cry of, I hate what the other party is doing. Yeah. no matter what it is. And, and you, you come to these extremes. And the reason why I, I'd stayed away from identifying with anything other than being, you know, libertarian <laughs> for so mm -hmm. long was because I, since I know that I don't agree um, with either side entirely, I would rather start trying to stand in the middle because the middle ground is where I know that we stay away from these eventual, you know, historical landmarks <clears throat> Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's how you stay away from them. So, like, I'm going to be here and I'm going to do it. And then I realized the number of us who are standing here in the middle trying to hold fast to saying, I don't want to be an extreme either way when it comes to this sort of thing because I'm not an extreme. I'm starting to realize all you're going to do is lose the war. And I'm like, well, so just figure out which side you think you agree with a little bit more, which is the lesser of the two evils, and go all in and yeah, try to try to get them in office and see what happens. And Yes. For me, that just happened to be this side. Yeah, so I don't consider myself to be extreme right. What I consider myself to be is extreme conservative. And you think those should be the same thing, uh, because right now the right are the people who are conservative. Yep. Um, uh, but <clears throat> right doesn't mean conservative um, uh, necessarily. In, in, in today's platform on in the American government pol political system, it does, but it doesn't inherently mean that. Um, uh, <clears throat> if you want an example of when the parties are not conservative and what happens when the uh, when the people on either side of the aisle, what it looks like when they aren't conservative and they decide that they're going to go full authoritarian. Um, uh, so when you have left going full authoritarian, you get Nazi Germany. Yep. But when you have the right going full authoritarian, you yep. get... Uh, now... Post-Bolshevik rebellion, uh, Russia. Post-Bolshevik rebellion, Russia, you get mm -hmm. Mao, you get all kinds of stuff. Oh, Mao. I thought you said now. <laughs> oh, no, no, Mao. <laughs> now. China. Right now. China, yeah. my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I know who Mao is. I just thought you said now. <laughs> now. <laughs> There's Tyler making stupid interjections again. <clears throat> Happens all the time. Yeah. It does. <clears throat> yeah, but that's the... Uh, and, of course... Uh, pulling this back to our point in being a conservative you have to determine when you're going to to, to do that because obviously you, no one has the energy to to go all out at everything i suppose that's why it's nice to have certain people that go all out at certain things and then we can go all out at everything as a group but as an individual you have to decide uh where your line is on well, each but this thing. is why yeah mm -hmm. this is why we 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 do um, uh, put certain people on a pedestal it's because they're doing the things that we don't have the bandwidth to do mm -hmm. and they have devoted our time that you know our time that we spend 
um, going towards our highest calling for us as fathers and husbands, which is, you know, making, you know, and for us in particular, obviously we, we, we're people who focus on the traditional male role, right? We, we're, we're the ones who are making the money and fixing the things and, and, you know, our, our, our most important bandwidth in our day-to-day life is, is taken up by taking it on that role for our families. So we don't have the bandwidth to do the things that these other individuals um, have managed to make a career for themselves in doing so they can take the time that we would be spending working to dying on every hill for us and doing the research and showing it to us of like here's where you should rally mm-hmm. um, and we put them on a pedestal we, we talk a lot about Matt Walsh we talk a lot about Michael Knowles uh, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about well even and Ben Shapiro all these people yeah. that hold closer our beliefs than I mean they, they hold our beliefs that we have closer than a lot of other of these figures in, in the media and in, and in the world um, <clears throat> As far as people who are in front of other people, there are better examples, but you already said Walsh, so. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's a reason why, man, we sound extremely Republican this morning. Um, <laughs> that's the, you know, Sean and I both do, do a lot of viewing of the Daily Wire because when we are getting our news, we find that we're, we're going to, we're more likely to agree with that point of view versus the other. And five years ago, I never would have I've been paying any attention to any publication that leans as hard as the Daily Wire does. I would have completely ignored it. I would have went and found a Philip DeFranco video and I would have developed my own opinion. You know, that's, um, that's who I was five years ago. But the problem is there is just no centered, tell it like it is with no frills media anymore. It doesn't exist. No matter what anyone says, no matter what you can find, you can read the language and find the agenda virtually every single time. And and then even with like I've had conversations with my with my friends who are a lot more left leaning than I am mm-hmm. and I find that I don't like uh I that I didn't like, I should say, you know, people like Shapiro's approach because he does do the thing where you're like creating the dialogue in a way that attacks the other side and I felt like that's never been helpful. So like I would always steer myself away from that well intentionally. And I think I've reached a point where I was like, well, you know what? Only two sides exist anymore, and the middle ground is so thinned out. It's it's hardly there. I mean, mm-hmm. screw it. I might as well pick the side that, that stands up for what I believe in and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, – Why uh, are we doing this today? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. But I do have one question, though, uh, and that is when did you realize that Philip DeFranco was not the centrist that we always thought him to be, and he's actually a huge lib? Quite a while ago, actually, it's got it got way worse, man. It got way worse. And this is this is, and I think I won't speak for you, but when I was in college, which is when he was kind of starting. Oh my goodness, you know, ten years ago, mm-hmm. and he was one of the original YouTube news people, like one of the originals. I thought very, very highly of him, and and even as far as you can think of a you know a YouTuber, I guess. Um, and he was very, very upfront about his idea was to always present the story with nothing but the facts and no colorful language. And then he would always say, what do you think? And that was, it was kind of important to me that someone would just give you the straight facts and leave it up to the people to talk about. And then he started, you know, um, what was the company called? That was a pretty big um, content creation that got bought out by discovery. Um, Uh, It was its own channel. He hired all those people, hired Meg Turney and, yeah, yeah. and all those other uh, kind of internet crap. icons. It's, it was it was called like um, I can't think of the name of it now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was, it when was he created yeah. <laughs> when he created that and started mm-hmm. like introducing more people into his mm-hmm. thought process and his creative process. Um, and he 
started going the direction that he is now in. You saw it creep in where he would like throw jabs and like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. I'm not looking for that. I don't want to hear, unless you're throwing jabs at the pedophile you're talking about. I don't, I don't want to hear you leaning. That's the whole reason why I'm listening to you is because you never leaned. And then over, that was about, you know, six or seven years ago that started. And then like three or four years ago, it got a little bit worse. And, and now every once in a while, I'll see his story pop up in my Snapchat feed and I'll click on it. And it doesn't take long for me at all to go like, oh man, mm-hmm. can't, like it's rough. It's yeah. rough. <clears throat> here we go. And now bringing this back again to our topic. Okay, here we go. Our, our, to- our, our topic is when can you separate the art from the artist? And when, um, uh, when is the person so bad that you have to stop? Um, uh, uh, stop, stop doing consuming that. the media. Yeah. Thank and, you, Sean. <laughs> yep. And, and I'll, I'll, and I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example of a, of a person that I've, whose media I've stopped consuming. Um, uh, and, uh, and give the reasons why, and then go back to the boycotting example. Um, uh, so person whose media I've stopped consuming, uh, <clears throat> was, is Crowder. Um, uh, I don't Crowder. Steven Crowder. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, cause I, I, I would tell you after the daily wire fiasco there, he kind of right. left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth and I passively stopped listening to him. It, right. It, I was there. I'm there with you for that. Yeah. It, it was, it wasn't like a man. I'm never listening to Crowder again after this. It was a man. That was a really stupid thing that he did. And I don't know why he would have done that, but I, I still wish him the best. And if you're a member of mug club, don't stop. Was my was my thought on that? But then when I go to listen to him, just like I don't really want to listen to Crowder right now. Um, uh, and then uh, the events that made me basically just completely stops. I'm I'm done. I'm done with Crowder. You know. Um, uh, was I don't know. I, I don't know if you if you watched that video of him. Um, uh, yelling and screaming at his wife and telling her that. Uh, he doesn't love her, and there's a thing that the recording missed. But he had, he said yes, I did say it. So it's not on the not on the video, but it, it's confirmed through him that he did say it. Was when she went inside, he ran inside after her and screamed, "I will fuck you up." Um. Uh, mm. uh, at that, and the whole reason for it was because the whole reason why he was doing all these things to his wife uh, was because she, as a pregnant woman. Uh, thought that it could be dangerous to mess with the really strong dog medicine uh, that their dog needed, and he insisted that she do it and walk the dog anyway. I have not heard that story yet. Yeah, and I was like, dude, and I, I, I watched the video, and then someone put out a longer video from the same thing, and I watched that, I was like, dude, I just, you know, I mean, uh, to, 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 to give the name of one of Steven Crowder's segments... Uh, that he used to hear about other people, and I think he deserves a spot on the own on, on, on the own segment. If you remember his old "What a piece of shit" segment, yes, um, uh, yes, <clears throat> what a piece of shit. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> and, and, and after that, I was like, man. I mean, I, I listened. So here's the thing: Crowder always annoyed the crap out of me. You know, he 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 was a good yes. comedian, but he wasn't the best commentator. And the way he deals with people, it's very annoying. And so yes. I, and I, but I was willing to go past that just because I, it's okay because the stuff he's putting out is good and I want to support good conservatives. And then after seeing that, a guy that does that is neither good nor conservative. You know, so I like good conservative Christian men, and I, I mean, it's 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 kind of like what 
<clears throat> what Voltaire by way, said. Uh, by the way, that's Sean's dating profile. Please continue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look me up. I'm uh, <clears throat> it's uh, uh, it, 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 the, to, to, to calling Crowder a good conservative Christian man at this point is like what Voltaire said about the old Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> Uh, when he said, the thing about the Holy Roman Empire is that it is neither Holy Roman nor an empire. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to love Voltaire in, in segments. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's very easy to like his quips. It's very yeah, hard to like the man. <laughs> yeah, it's Voltaire and, um, uh, and Hitchinson are, are in the same boat for me. Mm-hmm. I love their quips, but uh, you can't get on board. Oh, so fun fact about Voltaire. You, you, you know his life's mission, right? Um, I mean, besides, you know, the whole playwright thing, I'm sure that didn't work out great for him. But um, uh, besides that, his life's mission was to see the Bible put out of print in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when he died, a Bible publishing company bought his house. Yes. Yeah. It's, of it. it's my so so since now we have to go off topic now. Gosh mm-hmm. darn it, Sean! You had to make a point. Now I have to make a point. Mm-hmm. That is, um, a funny and not very dark mm-hmm. gotcha moment. That's entertaining. Mm-hmm. So now for a very dark gotcha moment, since <laughs> I already mentioned Hitchens. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> one of the funniest dark mm-hmm. jokes of all time is this guy who's a comedian's was telling from the stage one time and he says like you ever heard of christopher hitchens and he said you know talking about it, he said this guy was an atheist and he said he wrote a book called god is not good it's like you want to know what this he like he gave speeches all over the world about mm-hmm. how god is not good he said, you wonder how he died throat cancer <laughs> <laughs> yikes christopher hitchens said there is no god so god said there is no christopher hitchens yeah <laughs> Um, uh, that's not funny. <laughs> um, uh, um, uh, but yeah, and so going back to the boycott uh, example, we, um, uh, uh, you know, there, there, there has to be a line. My, my line is much closer to myself than yours is. Um, uh, <clears throat> but, you, you know, your, your, yours tends to be a bit further out than mine, but there are certain things that we do agree on where the line should be. Uh, like, for example, uh, like for me, I know that... Walmart uh, is supportive of of, of abortion and that they, uh, and, and you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I guarantee they give money to Planned Parenthood. I guarantee they do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, we don't, uh, I don't think any. I don't think anyone in the world needs any proof to, to believe that. Yeah. Um. Uh, and but I shop at Walmart. Uh, I don't mind shopping at Walmart. Um. Uh, to me, shopping at Walmart is like remaining friends with a person who is in favor of abortion. We all have mm-hmm. friends who are in favor of abortion. Some of uh, us are that friend. <clears throat> Tyler. It's not me, <laughs> but some of us. Yeah. Uh, CVS and Walgreens, at the other hand, when they announced that they will be carrying and allowing people to pick up prescriptions for the abortion pill, uh, I no longer shop at CVS or Walgreens. Uh, even though one of them, I forget which... Uh, did announce that they will not be, uh, will not, they will not be prescribing the or allowing they will not be carrying those pills in my state or yours. Um, uh, I forget which one it was, and the other one didn't say that. Um, uh, <clears throat> but uh, and I'm not supporting it because to me, there's a difference right between a person saying I am in favor of abortion and I think people should be able to get one, and remaining friends with that person who has that opinion. And 
a person going to say, yes, I'm a physician and I do abortions. I love doing abortions. They're my favorite medical procedure to do and remaining friends with that person. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's and this is the whole company thing. This is the reason why I, I've become on board with boycotting. And this does mm -hmm. line up with what we're talking about. Yep. I promise. <clears throat> the whole thing here is when you decide to virtue signal, because that's what it is. If you are a mm -hmm. corporation, you cannot take a moral stance. You, you actually can't because mm -hmm. you are not an individual. Mm -hmm. You are a conglomerate. <clears throat> so you actually can't really take a, more, a true moral stance. You don't have the ability to. So when you act like you are, all you are doing is trying to tell everyone else, look how good I am. Um, but you don't actually have any real ability to be moral because mm -hmm. you are not an individual. You are a conglomerate. Mm -hmm. And anything that you do is merely something that you are putting out there and parts of your whole may have absolutely nothing to do with it. And this is a different philosophical debate that we don't have time to get into. Mm -hmm. But essentially speaking, if you come out and make it known that you have a stance mm -hmm. and we're going to do these things to take that stance and then fold under the repercussions, which all of them do, all you have shown us is that what you are is evil. And I'll say that, by the way, I'll say that it doesn't matter which stance they took, far right or far left, and then they fold. You're nothing but evil. It doesn't matter because all you are trying to do is to put out to the world, to whichever side you're pandering to, you are taking a moral stance that you do not actually believe in and you don't actually care about. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the amount of spinelessness that that actually encompasses is something I can't tolerate. Mm -hmm. um, and So if, if, if Bud Light had doubled down and said, "Screw you!" If we go all the way to the bottom, we're taking all. We're taking the rest of my or of the company with us. Mm -hmm. At least you can respect it, mm -hmm. right? At least you held strong, but you didn't. Yeah. You fired someone. You pulled back. You made some vague statements. You're going to try to build back away from the stance that you took. Burn in hell. Mm -hmm. Period. That's, if you would have doubled down and said, "You know what? No, Dylan Mulvaney is our CEO now." Okay. Well, you know what? I, I, I know we stand on different planes now, but hey, respect. Mm -hmm. You're doing the thing that you think you, you, you at least have a belief that you're holding strong to. But when you fake it, you go go burn in a pit. I don't you're you're useless to me. Couldn't be more useless. I, I lied. I said it was on topic and got off topic. Yeah. You are to to be that morally bankrupt is to be evil. To be that yeah, morally evil. bankrupt and to be a coward is more evil. Yeah. <clears throat> that that's your evil. Period. Let's get back on topic. My bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I said it before. That was always my problem with Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Was was yeah. Was, was, yeah they, I, I had they, a problem with what they did, but I had more of a problem with them <laughs> uh, walking it back like that. <laughs> yeah, and not to mention too, um, mm -hmm. the walking it back actually um, is really the point that we're both making because mm -hmm. they always play both sides of the ball, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they would be very open about how you know, all these you know uh, more um. Uh, um uh, left-leaning tendencies that they had, but we're mm -hmm. all about sending coffee to the troops because that actually was a thing for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, they did a lot of things that were that I, that were lined with my with my values, and I'm like, okay, well, it's fine. You're you're doing a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You're not taking strong stances necessarily, mm -hmm. but kind of whatever. And then as things in the world doubled down, they picked their side, and then when it hurt them, they backed off a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? That's it. I'm never going back. 
and, mm-hmm. I, and I haven't, by the way, like for the record, I used to be, I used to go to Starbucks quite a lot because there was always one close to where I worked. I, I went very frequently. I spent a lot of money at Starbucks. I haven't had a Starbucks drink in a couple of years. Um, and that's interesting for me because I, I, I was, I was a Starbucks person for mm-hmm. a good, for a good chunk of my twenties. Yeah. And I saw that and I'm like, no, you're done. That's, I can't, I can't in good conscience give you any of my money when I see you being, being that way. But, I mean, like, T- taking a stance that I don't agree with as a company, eh, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes that matters to me, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Showing me that you're just a giant pile of garbage, forget you. I can't, I can't, if I think about you, I get upset. You're not getting my money. Yeah, it's like, going back to Bud Light, uh, they, they did that little half walk back thing. Um, uh, and now after that, they get nothing but the stick. Bud Light and yep. Anheuser-Busch gets nothing. People say Anheuser. Uh, there's there's no there's no way in German to pronounce that as Anheuser. I would say Anheuser, uh, if Anheuser. I was trying to pronounce it like German, Anheuser Busch, um, uh, Anheuser. Sound Irish for sure. Yeah, An Anheuser, Heuser, Heuser. Uh, those are you know it's it, that's a hard syllable to pronounce in German. The usually in America we in, in American English we pronounce that syllable as oi, like Deutsche, um. Uh, but uh, never Deitsche, so why is it Anheuser? But anyways, who cares? Um, uh, Heiser. Yeah, <clears throat> but... Uh, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, anyways. It, let's actually, let's completely divert and get back. Well, actually, if you don't mind, let me go ahead and jump into the points of this article so we can actually ground ourselves for once. Okay, let, let, me, let me finish my sentence and then go straight into that. Um, uh, be, because, the, I, I, because I think this is, I, I do think this is kind of an important... It's an important thing to say. It has nothing to do with the topic, but it is important. If 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 Anheuser <laughs> Bush, yeah, they're they're going to get nothing but the stick from now on because of what they did. They could have earned the carrot after the stick, if instead of their like little fake walk back apology, if they had come out and they had said, "Look, we screwed up on this. This is not what we should have done. We misread the room. We were trying to be culturally appropriate. We realized what we did was stupid and wrong." Um, uh, we're promoting that men are women and we should not have done that. Men are men and women are women and that's, and that's good. And, you know, we got rid of our marketing people and we are now back on the right track. You guys are right. If they had come out and say that I would have tasted Bud Light for the first time and they would have earned the carrot, but now they get nothing but the stick. Yeah. The, the individuals <clears throat> responsible for sacking the individuals have been sacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, okay, we're, we're I, I think I'm going to uh, approach our point here. So this is this is going to end up being a conversation about cancel culture, mm-hmm. um, because no matter what, <laughs> whenever, yeah, I know, no matter what anyone says, it is real. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Stop walking back on it. When you take someone and berate them and demand that you not buy from them, consume their media. It's a mm-hmm. real thing. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it just is. I mean, we're even talking about how we are no longer going to shop at certain things or buy certain things because of what people have done. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I don't like the term cancel culture. I have it from the beginning. It's a cringy thing to say out loud. You can call it whatever you want, but it's a real thing that we've practiced all of our lives. It's just people all of a sudden now act like it's something different because we put a different name on it. The, the rise of the internet, social media, Twitter mm-hmm. has created 
a vacuum in which this happens more frequently and to a more extreme extent. And with people digging deeper into people's lives for no other reason than to find outrage to be outraged, which, oh my goodness, I'm so over it. Mm-hmm. It's, this, it is a thing. So when we say cancel culture, we mean very explicitly there is, in fact, a cultural norm of people diving as deeply as they can into people's past with no other purpose than to find something that they disagree with and shouting it at the rooftops to mm-hmm. other people who will agree with them mm-hmm. and then actively call out for no lo- for no purchase of their products, no consumption of their media, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. It is a, therefore a culture, mm-hmm. and it is revolving around cancellation of the individual or the conglomerate. So the term mm-hmm. is correct. So we're not putting that up for debate. It's a thing. Shut the heck up. Mm-hmm. So there Shut it is. Shut the heck it's up. Shut the heck up. So, so we're gonna. I'm probably gonna lean a little more heavily. We we've already talked too much so much about companies. Let's lean a little bit more into um, authors, uh, musicians, people who are creating media. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna lean more into that because it's gonna help with the point I think, and there's better examples. And plus, on the individual level, it makes more sense, right? Like I said, a, a corporation um, can't be can't be moral necessarily because it's the better because it's the parts of a whole, which is a separate philosophical discussion. When we dive into the individual, it becomes crystal clear. So that's the reason why I want to focus on that. If that's fine with you. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh... Yeah, because I mean, music artists. Um, uh, until yesterday, the first one that came to mind when you would um uh, when you would say a person who you would think of as a good Christian artist uh, mm-hmm. who turns out to be immoral, uh, mm-hmm. an immoral person. My mind uh, uh, goes to that Ray Bolt song uh, mm-hmm. where he goes, "Does he still feel the nails every time I'm railed?" Yeah, penis. <laughs> <laughs> that song was about penis. Um, <laughs> sorry, Bob. Um, so, so let's. Sorry, the, the, I found an article, and the reason why I thought this was perfect uh, is because this is from a um, a, a on, uh, an online publication uh, called Keeping Up with the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Reviews for the would-be book lover. Um, and this is written by someone who, and you can tell from the language and the examples that they use, which we don't have time to go into and I won't, mm-hmm. that they are people who definitely sit across the aisle from you and die. So I really, I thought this was a very important one, <laughs> excuse me, to pick to to use the points from and some of their points from, mm-hmm. because it actually is some rare good middle ground uh, that I can appreciate for the most part. Um, so the first point here is, should we still read books by canceled authors? That's the title of the um, uh, of the entire story, the person goes into pains to say, "I refuse to sit here and agree with one side over the other, specifically mm-hmm. because I disagree or agree with the side. I want to find the truth, and I can already side. I can already be cool with you. That's mm-hmm. that's a good reason to start." Yeah. Um, go ahead. You're about to say a word. I heard you inhale. Well, well I, I was I was I was just gonna say, um, uh, we can sum up our entire point into one uh in in into one uh thing uh and that well, is why are we even doing this yeah here here, here, here we go the, the the one the 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 one answer to that question that will give the entire point and it's this uh should we consume media by grossly immoral persons is how i would rephrase that question 
That's fair. Um, uh, and the answer is this. If their gross immorality makes its way into the media, no. Otherwise, it's okay. There you yeah, go. We're about to, we are about <laughs> to actually go into that. We're going to give some, some examples and details. So mm-hmm. you and I are, are very, um, very vocal about our adoration for H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Me a little bit more than you. I'm mm-hmm. a bit of a psychopath, but yep. that's okay. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. I'll be it. Um, and, and, and while we aren't going to go into what you would love to go into, because we've done it before, people have done it before, mm-hmm. the reasonings for people saying that, um, it's a good example of what you just said, by the way, because mm-hmm. you just said, <laughs> does it bleed into their, into their works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I suppose <laughs> if, you, if you genuinely viewed um, uh, H.P. Lovecraft as a horrible person, then uh, my, 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 my reason that I gave there uh, would cause you not to read. <laughs> yes, if, you, if, your, if your reasoning for not reading H.P. Lovecraft was surface racism, and you found mm-hmm. out what he named the cat. I understand. Yeah. Um, okay. So, 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 so what I do we have then? I don't agree with you, but I understand. Yeah. Uh, rats in the walls and rats um, in the walls is the prime example. Yeah, I, I, that's that's one with the cat, and then uh, nautical-looking Negro. That was a good one. Oh, oh, oh see, I I wasn't thinking... a good example. <clears throat> Calm down, everybody. Yeah. So I I wasn't thinking necessarily the of 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 the nautical-looking fellow. Um, uh, I was thinking of the. Uh, the book, oh, what's it called? The, the book in the house, um, whatever. Uh, the Dreams of the Witch House? No, no. The where, where, where he comes in and the guy has the book opened to the, the cannibal pages. Um, uh, <clears throat> and the, the, the guy talks about having never killed a person before, but it turns out he had killed people before, and the guy ran away. Um, uh, uh, he, he uses a harsher word than the Negro, similar to the cat word. In that Similar story, and in mm-hmm. the, um, <clears throat> I keep forgetting the the name of it. It's it's part of the uh, the Silver Key cycle. Um, uh, <clears throat> uh. but I can't remember which one it is. The one where he comes, <coughs> where uh, freaking um, uh, 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 Carter, uh, the one where Randolph Carter comes back as an alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't think, I can't think of it. <clears throat> well, whatever. We have examples. That's, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, we, yeah, the, yeah, we, we yeah. get it. If, if mm-hmm. your point of saying is we stand in the current time, <clears throat> and the current time doesn't allow for this, and he did the thing, mm-hmm. uh, then okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. staying hold to your beliefs. I guess that's mm-hmm. that's just the thing is that <clears throat> the language was different then. The way people received language was different then, and he wrote in a time where that was normal. Mm-hmm. Calm the heck down. <clears throat> it was extremely normal for people to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. And not thrilled about people coming in from other areas and changing your world in a way that is confusing and scary. That wasn't just an East Coast U.S. thing. That was the entire globe at the time, mm-hmm. 100%. And by the way, while this was happening, while he was over there saying a word you didn't like in a time where it was completely normal, Africa still had slaves. So please shut the heck up. Mm-hmm. Oh, spe- on the, that that exact same line. Speaking of people, I would I thought I would never ever give praise to uh, Disney. Um, uh, it wasn't too long ago that Disney put up something. It was some of the old stuff, and I had some. You can't hear you can't hear my eyebrows hit the top of my head, but please continue. Yeah, uh, Dis- Disney re-released some of the some of the really old stuff. I'm coming, buddy. Um, uh, and they they re-released it with with this with this disclaimer at the beginning. They said they're. 
uh, this contains some things that I said it wasn't acceptable then and it's not acceptable <laughs> now, but in order to um, uh, maintain the, the author's full vision, the creator's full vision of what this is, um, uh, the, what you are about to see remains unchanged from its original. Beautiful. Yeah, and I was like, "What? Wow, Disney did that? Wow, yeah, that's shocking." Yeah, <laughs> they must have found a they must have mm-hmm. found a way to make money. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, do you need to go get the child before I, I continue? I do. Well, I don't. You can continue if you want, but I have to do have to go get the child. I'll continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point, the the in a nutshell, what Sean doesn't have to hear me say because I'll just make the point here: people and times alter based on. Well, actually, I should have rephrased that. People alter based on their times and what is acceptable at the time. Just because we have um, a, a, what we consider to be the social norm or, the, sort of, or the, 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 the whole of social morality does, in fact, change to some degree. Morality itself does not change. Social morality differs at all times, um, which is why social morality is not a good scope for how we should actually live our lives. Take that, atheists. Um, but it alters as we go through time and things change. So things that are completely normal, acceptable, and, 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 and not reprehensible in certain times are completely different than what we view now in our time of different ease and different comforts. Um, we only find certain things to be more reprehensible because we live in a more privileged and easier time, so we must find smaller problems. And in finding these smaller problems, we go back to the scope of when there were huge problems and it put all of our small cares and small worries on this time frame. So when we do something like that, we look at this much harder time through the lens of ease and we mm-hmm. say, the problems that I now face, which are trivial, are, uh, should be implemented on this time when trials were extremely difficult mm-hmm. and life was extremely hard. We are going to look at a hard life through the lens of an easy life and condemn them. And uh, Sean, if you would prepare the censors, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, th- that that shows that we currently live a heck of a life when our greatest problem that could pos the biggest evil that could possibly happen to us is somebody said something offensive that is actually mm-hmm. that actually should only be offensive to a different group of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this is and this is a whole other conversation that we should that we can have at some point. But the entire concept is basically this. We have small problems because there are only a few problems to have. Mm-hmm. And the problems that we do have are nothing like, if you look at the Great Depression, my wife found a recipe book <clears throat> um, that her grandmother used frequently mm-hmm. in the Great Depression. For water pie? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice cube uh, dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at what they were eating during this time. This is America in you know, in a, in a very recent time, the problems mm-hmm. that were being had were huge. No one gave a crap if someone said the N-word. Mm-hmm. No one cared. You know who also didn't care? Everyone who was black. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. They were like, we're starving. That's what we're concerned with. We are dying in droves from starvation. Um, we don't like this. That's what our problem is. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that now that life is easier, we shouldn't take scope of some of these things i'm not saying that at all but what i am saying is that we cannot look 
at a time frame Mm-hmm. that had extreme problems and real issues to where other things were not a big deal at all to anyone in the entire universe and put our current life onto that and then condemn them for it. You can say, oh, by the way, they did this and said this. We don't agree with that now. and Move on. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They fit everything that was fine at the time. And uh, you, the, great, yes, before anyone says anything, there are some things that may, were acceptable in other times that shouldn't be acceptable now. There are exceptions to be made. That's a whole conversation mm-hmm. that we're not going to have. Back <clears throat> to the freaking article, Tyler. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why was the author canceled? What did they do? Uh, so why th- this is a big, uh, mm-hmm. a, a big thing that needs to be talked about there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what thing did they do that caused people to attack them? Um, so yeah, that's that's what is the crime? He's so, a pederast. Well, he's what? <laughs> he's a pederast. Yeah. So the point Sean was making, I don't even know if we're going to actually say his name in the context of this. Feel free to if you want to. I've only read part of of that legal document you sent me. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm, More I don't legal document matters. Yeah. Um. Huh? Uh, very little of our of our audience will have heard of the guy anyway, so I don't suppose it matters one way or the other. So Chris Rice, someone mm-hmm. that we grew up being huge fans of really loving his music, really getting a lot out of his music, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it has come out that there was a lot of investigation from a lot of different, well, not from a lot of different people, but a lot of investigation that was corroborated by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that he is, um, well, Sean said pederast, pedophile, whatever you want to call it, a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll label it that way, a giant pile of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is... To me, that is something that it's a bridge too far mm-hmm. um, because I'm never going to be able to listen to a Chris Rice song that I really enjoyed for decades mm-hmm. without thinking about the fact that this guy was trying to have sex with little boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never going to go away. So whether or not I go, well, you know what, I could still consume it. I'll separate the art from the artist, right? I will never be able to turn that song on without thinking about what I read in that document. I I won't be able to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like I I probably have to never listen to him again. Even if I didn't take a moral stance, which I do, even if I I didn't, I couldn't couldn't listen to it and go, yeah, you know what? I'll just block out the part about him trying to sleep naked with a teenager. Are you you taking stuff out of Mama's purse? Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that, Patrick. Don't take stuff out of Mama's purse. Patrick, don't do that. There's a gun in there. There is. Yeah, I know. (laughs) God bless her. Um, Do you have a point? Do we move on or do you have something separate to say about what I just said? Well, I I, I was going to say my my point on... uh, the potential of continuing to consume Chris Rice's media that I already own, I could still do that. Uh, in, in in the same way that, you know, the uh, the Ray Bolt songs that I like, I still listen to. Um, uh, uh, now, I would never buy another album by Chris Rice. Um, I, don't, I don't want to support him in any way, but I already own it, I, and I, I like it, so I'll go ahead and use it with, I, with the stuff I already own. Uh, in the same way that there was that lady um, that uh, she was talking about uh, her yeah, her husband uh, was, a, was a cop and he was killed in the line of duty. Uh, and she didn't know what to do and to just try to do whatever. She just grabbed a hat and put it on and started running and just ran until her thoughts were clear. And then she ran back home. Um and that hat was a Nike hat, 
and that became that Nike hat became like her most prized possession. Um, uh, after a while, and she was talking about that. Then, then Colin Kaepernick gets the Nike deal and everything, uh, and it meant something very specific to her because the Colin Kaepernick Nike deal was very much an anti-police thing. And of course, her husband was a police officer, and she said, "I am never getting rid of this hat." They're talking to the people who were destroying their Nike stuff, or even better yet, going out and buying Nike stuff to destroy it. That Which was really... incredible to me. How yeah. dumb do you have to be to do that? Yeah, I know, but I'm. Um, uh... And so he and and she was talking about it. She said, I'm not getting rid of this. Nike. I was like, I'm never buying another Nike product. Also, I'm never getting rid of this Nike hat. I'm keeping this hat forever because of because of what the hat means to me. And it's separate from Nike. Uh, so, you know, and I, I do agree with her on that to. Yeah, like if I found out someone was a horrible person, like say I had bought a Hans Christian Andersen book and I was reading it and I enjoyed it. I'm like, well, this is a good book. And um, uh, say it was say it just just so happened to be a book. I don't know if you wrote any books like this, but it happened to be a book where his terrible individualism uh, didn't appear in it. Uh, and I yeah. don't know if he wrote a book like that, but let's say he did. Um, uh, and I had that book. Then I found out who con- who he was and what he did and how bad of a person he was. I'd continue to read the book because uh, I already had it. I can't, you know, I can't unsupport him, you know. Um, uh, which yeah. of course I, you know, he's dead. But I mean, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. And so yeah. the fact that I already have it, the music that of Chris Rice's and Ray Bolt's and anybody like that, I already have it and I like it. I it's not gonna it's not gonna affect me to to continue to. Yeah. So I've got a small example of my own on this. There's um so, um a few years ago or before Arlie was born, mm-hmm. um Ellie had a miscarriage, mm-hmm. and I mean as as someone who you know I'd already had multiple children at this point mm-hmm. um and you know exactly what that means um it's not like the way a lot of people view it people who are in favor of abortions view it differently mm-hmm. that is the loss of a life and mm-hmm. and that hits you extraordinarily hard it is very mm-hmm. hard to deal with and it's mm-hmm. happened to me several times and it never gets any easier it's a terrible terrible thing to deal with um well the way the way that i dealt with it immediately was i remember like Ellie wanted to go to sleep. She goes, I just need to sleep. I need to not be thinking. Like, I, fine, I completely understand. So I got in the car, and I just started driving. I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I turned on some some music in my car, mm-hmm. like on some random station, and I just started driving in no particular direction. And there's this band that came on. It's called Mar. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they're black metal, whatever. <laughs> like, this atmospheric, big, open sound. And they're meant to sound very despairing, and, you know, it's black metal. Mm-hmm. And there was just something about that that in that moment I just really emotionally connected to, and I drove around for until I needed gas. I don't even remember how long hours, but a long time. Mm-hmm. And I just listened to this thing on repeat, and I just it was like a really helpful thing in that moment for me. And I went out and like I bought the uh, I bought the record and uh, I listened to it, and I had, I was looking for more of their stuff because you know now now that we've. Yeah, you, know, you repair in some extent, and you move on, and like, oh, I'm going to get more of this stuff. It's very cool. And I'd send out a request on a Facebook page. Hey, does anyone have more of this stuff? They're a very small band. They're very hard to find. And I was met with a few responses of, well, you know, they're all white supremacists, right? Mm-hmm. And contrary to what everyone in, who disagrees with us is probably screaming from the beginning of this argument, we actually don't like white supremacists. Mm-hmm. We also never believe you when you say someone is. Yeah, this is, and, and, and the fact that you did think that, screw you, mm-hmm. this is the reason why. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
<clears throat> but they said, yeah, here, and I don't even know. They were just Patrick, people talking here, buddy. about it. Oh, no. Here, and buddy. Some people, some people were like, well, you should get rid of that. I don't agree with bring these people. If, to mommy? If, 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 if they do hold those beliefs, I don't know. I've never talked to them. I've never seen anything, a written statement of them where they're like, kill black people. I never saw that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, I kill will that say, one. <laughs> I promise you, I have not gotten rid of that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is extremely important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means an awful lot to me. Um, it's a, something that I'm never going to get rid of. They could come out and be like, yeah, you know, you know what, we actually, you know what, the blacks and the Jews, I want all of them dead. You know what, I'm going to never support them again. So we're all clear gonna, on the rules then. We're all clear on the rules. Um, I, I, I would quit supporting them because my views don't align with theirs in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I'm never getting rid of this record. It's very mm-hmm. important to me. Mm-hmm. That was just my example. We need to move on. What are we, well, this is the worst we've ever been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I'll, I'll let you decide if you want to continue or if this, that, you know, we've gone over an hour. If you want to decide that we've gotten our point across. <laughs> we have, I think we've gotten enough of it across that I can finish the points of this article for us to, to, to maybe like finish on a point and then we'll call it done. Okay. <clears throat> the other point in the article was what did the author's victims say? Um, and, and they take it in a direction that I don't give a crap about, but essentially we've covered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll reword this. Are, is it credible? Um, is it legitimate? Mm-hmm. Did, they, did these things actually happen, or did people decide that they wanted to take it a different way? Um, mm-hmm. that, 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 screw you. That's I don't care. Get away from that. Well, also um, I, I do I do have a comment about that real fast, and that is uh, is is the um because uh, uh, the, the question of should the should the credibility of the accusations um uh, play into cancellation? Well, the answer is absolutely. Because yes. if they're not credible, then no matter what, there's never a reason not no, no, no matter how bad it is, no matter what it could possibly be. You know, it's it, you're a horrible person if you're one of those. Well, if there's smoke, there's fire kind of people. So, yeah, the credibility of the accusations does make a difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So that it's worth that's a point that's worth making. But only briefly, if you're accused of something that's incredibly awful, it mm-hmm. matters if you did it. Yeah, it matters very, very much if you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second point is what is the value in reading the book or consuming the media? Um, th- so this is important to a degree. No, no, Patrick, come Christmas. out of there. This child, child. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this, this is like what we're talking about, the Chris Rice thing. There mm-hmm. were a lot of Chris Rice songs that were very big um, inside of you know the, that wave of Christian contemporary music mm-hmm. um, that were very impactful mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people that I knew, for me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very important. Ray Bolt's another great example. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so, so what is the impact? What is the value? Um, I, I think that's something you should take into consideration. This is more with books than with music, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> if it is something of very high value that really uh, adds to the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. then, I mean, yeah, then maybe you can overlook more things uh, to consume the media because of what value it's adding. So maybe that is something to take right. into an account, but that does also vary on the severity of the things this person has done, not been accused of, that they have done. Yeah, and also, also a, um, uh, in, in the same vein, a vice is different than a belief, right? It's also a very terrible publication. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and so like, um, uh, like so, so comparing... 
Chris Rice to the that the band the other band you're talking about the the white supremacists say they say these guys were actual white supremacists. Um, uh, and Chris Rice, you know, did the things that he did. He, you know, t- touching the boys and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what Chris Rice did was an action. What the other band did, if it's true, is a is 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 a belief and a mindset. Um, uh, a belief, and and now that would be, let's say everything's true. Chris Rice did that, and they hold that belief. Those are both right. that what Chris Rice did was an evil action. What they're holding, what those people are holding, is an evil belief. But the difference between an evil action and an evil belief is <laughs> an evil action. Yeah, you're just you, you, the two people are just as evil. But if I go out and I murder someone, uh, what I did was evil. But I can still recognize that it was a terrible thing, and I just you know <clears throat> I can't help myself. I have to murder people. You know, um. Uh, and so while I'm still an evil person who does evil things, uh, it doesn't it's much less likely to affect my work and what my my creations as an as an evil belief is. It's also worth mentioning someone standing mm-hmm. in front of a bank saying we should be able to rob banks is very different than someone who's robbed a bank. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so um, but what, what I'm saying is, though, a person who says a person who robs banks and is addicted to robbing banks and writes a book about robbing banks is much more likely to paint robbing banks in a negative light than uh, the person who <laughs> believes you should be able to rob banks would in writing a book about robbing banks. Correct. <clears throat> Let's move on very quickly. <clears throat> yep. Are we reading this author to the exclusion of others? This is kind of important. This is a bit of mm-hmm. a, a point that doesn't line with our values as much, um, but it's close enough for me that I still like it. Mm-hmm. Could we find... Another example of what value they bring to the world inside of someone who has not done these terrible things. This is a good point for music. Mm-hmm. I can completely stop listening to Chris Rice mm-hmm. and be listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman all day mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Um, I can find someone who has not done these evil things that can still add the value that I got from mm-hmm. Chris Rice's music. Mm-hmm. Like the exact same value, let's be honest, in this scenario, it's the exact same type of value, mm-hmm. the exact same type of quality, mm-hmm. but I can avoid this, the, this other, uh, this evil, so to speak. So this is another kind of important thing. It's that you have someone who has added a singularity to the world, and it has improved the world in a way that no one else has but you find out that they're evil, should it be taken into account that they should at least be studied or consumed with the caveat of remember that they're evil and remember that this point is still true. This is where it does become the argument that I don't necessarily agree on the face of, which is separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it, it is a very good point to be made in my opinion. Yeah. Do Are they a singularity? And in music, maybe that's less important than in books because obviously you can write a great philosophical work and find out that while everything lines up with your beliefs entirely and they've made points that have altered your life for the better, mm-hmm. oh, and by the way, they beat their wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's you have to say, let's take this in scope of saying this person had extreme shortcomings in ways that are completely unforgivable. Mm-hmm. But they were one of the greatest minds of their time. Yeah. This is Elvis Presley Patrick, adopting there, this buddy. girl. Stop it, Patrick. This is, you know, Elvis Presley 
adopting a girl at 13 and marrying her as, as quickly as she was legally able to be married. Is he one of the most pivotal moments in music history? Absolutely. Is he a you giant pile of crap? You bet. It all comes down to this. How good do you have to be to have sex with a kid? 